Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Thank you so much for being present with us. Uh, welcome to the January 8th, uh, excuse me, convening of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. A privilege of serving as chair, Eric McDonald. Um, as always, want to thank our Human Rights Commission team and staff, um, led by Dr. Cheryl Davis, um, but Jewel, Jewel Stewart, Zach Manuel, um, Anjane Coates, John McKnight, and Amelia Bankhead, um, Martinez Bankhead, excuse me, uh, for providing technical assistance as always, and our Secretary Moki Meyer. Um, please share your announcements. Good evening, Chair. This evening's meeting is being held at San Francisco's City Hall, one Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place in room 400. Members of the public can um, join us in person here in this chamber or view a live stream of this meeting on our Facebook page. Public comment in chambers will be available on each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. Remote public comment is no longer being accepted and anyone who would like to comment on the meeting can email reparations at sfgov.org. Excellent, thank you very much. Um, at this time, I'd like to uh, ask, invite Reverend Brown to open tonight's meeting with our ancestral acknowledgement. You're good. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, members of the task force. As we have throughout this process, again, I'm privileged to read. We honor the gifts, resilience, and sacrifices of our black ancestors, particularly those who toiled the land and built the institutions that established this city's wealth and freedom, despite their never being compensated, nor fully realizing their own sovereignty. We acknowledge this exploitation of not only labor, but of our humanity. And through this process, we have worked to repair some of the harms done by public and private individuals. Because of their work, we are here and will invest in the descendants of their legacy. Thank you, Reverend Brown. And now I want to invite member Gwen Brown to read the Ramatushaloni land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all the peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Thank you very much, Member Brown. Uh, Secretary Meyer, please call to order. Call Roll call, please. Item number one is call to order and committee roll call. I'll announce every member's name and they will announce that they are present. James Lance Taylor. Present. Tanish Hollins. Eric McDonald. Present. Reverend Dr. Amos Brown. Present. Rico Hamilton. Nicole Cunningham. Gloria Berry. Present. Daniel Landry. Present. Tiffany Carter. Gwendolyn Brown. 
Present. Anita Ekenem. Present. Star Williams. Shaquille O'Kane. Letitia Irving. Present. Freddie Martin. Present. Quorum has been reached. We can call the meeting to order. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, I want to remind everyone who's uh, attending uh, this evening, the public comment should be related to the specific agenda item being discussed and fall under the purview of this committee. Committee secretary will has asked, has been directed, excuse me, to ask commenters to stay on topic and on time um, and then cut the microphone if necessary. We don't want to do that, um, but want to respect time and the opportunity for all who would wish to make public comment to do so. Um, please provide public testimony. I'm sorry. Public testimony should address the remarks, their remarks to the committee as a whole and not to individual committee members or department personnel. Uh, and public testimony for this advisory body must be conducted in person, as you've just heard. Um, so before we call the next item, which will be the director's report, um, want to recognize and invite um, our supervisor, Shaman Walton, um, to address the committee. Thank you so much, Chair McDonald, and just want to thank uh, the entire committee for allowing me this moment to address you this evening. I want to start off just by saying that your work has not been in vain. Uh, we do have the apology resolution that will be heard at the GOA committee in February. We will continue to push for full funding of the Office of Reparations in the upcoming budget process. There's work being done right now to secure resources for our seniors, as well as for free higher education for our students. And the commitment at the Board of Supervisors is still strong with focuses on how to fund certain recommendations as well as we move forward. But most of all, I want to thank you for your unwavering commitment to the work of achieving reparations for Black San Franciscans, which has been most important. You have met through negative press, you have met through threats from the public. You've had to deal with racist rhetoric through the entire process. And you all still were able to come up with the recommendations that we so need here in this city. Not only did you highlight the injustices that have been plaguing the black community here in San Francisco for decades, but you also came up with some viable solutions and, repar and reparations recommendations that will actually achieve success for black people here in this city. I want to take the time to personally thank each of you on the committee for your work. Chair McDonald, Vice Chair Hollins, Gloria Berry, Reverend Dr. Amos Brown, Gwen Brown, Tiffany Carter, Nicole Cunningham, Anita Ekenem, Letitia Irving, Rico Hamilton, Yolanda Harris, Daniel Landry, Freddie Martin, Shaquilla O'Kane, Dr. James Lance Taylor, and Star Williams. I also want to take the time to thank the entire team at the Human Rights Commission under the leadership of Dr. Cheryl Davis, along with Brittany Chiquata, Zach Manuel, Jewel Stewart, Kathy Moki Meyer, Dr. Saida Le Tutufu Birch, Amelia Martinez Bankhead, and Anjanette Coates. This work is just beginning with the recommendations report. And now we have the work of opening the office and solidifying funding for our prioritized recommendations. This committee may 
be sunsetting, but the work of the black community is now more imperative than ever before. And we have to remain unified in this continued fight. I do just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your service and commitment through this process. As stated before, we still have much more work to do. Uh, we do have certificates of honor for everyone here, and I will pass these on to the clerk. And I would love before I leave this evening to come and stand up there and take a picture with all of you, if the chair so pleases. Thank you. And certainly we, uh, as you come, we want to just I say on behalf of the committee express our appreciation for your steadfast leadership. We wouldn't be here without you uh, taking up this important work. So we, we appreciate you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Mr. Bye bye. How you doing? Thank you. Happy New Year. You saying the same line? Same line. Yeah. If we can make the picture work, this works. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me give it to you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Ready, one, two, three. One, two. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you again, Supervisor Walton. Secretary Mokimari, can you call the next item, please? Item number two is the director's report. The San Francisco Human Rights Commission executive director will report on their work supporting the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. Since the December 11, 2023 meeting, this is a presentation by Dr. Cheryl Evans-Davis, executive director of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. There will be public comment and committee comment on this item. There, um, good evening. There is not much uh, additional to report from the last time I was just trying to look at my notes. I mean, I can share with you, um, as I did previously, about the work that we are doing with the HBCUs. I can let you know as well that, um, which is still confidential and privileged, that we are engaging with the city attorney's office. They are drafting the language for uh, certificate of preference holders over the age of 70 for the cash payments. Um, and it is our goal to have something submitted and to work with the supervisor's office to begin that process. I know people would like to see it more widespread. The plan is to give up to $25,000. And in so doing, we will learn the process and be able to um, move that process forward. So the city attorney's office has began, begun the process of um, what that would look like. And so hopefully in the next um, few months, we'll work with the supervisor's office to introduce something. Um, we have um, been able to continue to work with several of the 
HBCUs and um, the city attorney's office has now come on and asked to be a part of that engagement in that work, as well as the Department of Police Accountability and the Department of Environment um, to work with those different um, school HBCUs. I will also say that Tuskegee is extremely excited about the potential of having a space here in San Francisco and believe strongly that they um, will be able to launch and are super excited and um, grateful for the opportunity to explore. They talked about some of the work that they've been doing with UC Berkeley. They said that California is one of the top five states from which um, Tuskegee pulls students from. And so they would really like to have a presence in the space. The University of District Columbia is also very excited. And that's why the partnership with the city attorney's office is helpful. Um, they are wanting to do stuff around policy, civic engagement, and with their law students. And so they're um, looking forward to coming out. We are working on an event, a reception on the evening of February 2nd, where we would welcome and love to have um, the members of this committee to come and be in space. Um, uh, we also heard back today from representatives from Howard, both from the law school, as well as the president's office, and they also look to be in space with us. Um, and I, that's in addition to the um, the different universities that we spoke with last time. I want to thank member Irving for following up and we have built out um, some conversations and are working really closely with the school district to have a presence and to have um, discussions around the pipelines in um, to HBCUs and what that looks like and have ongoing conversations. I think that both San Francisco State, USF and, and also UCSF are all looking to be partners. And so, um, at this point, it is uh, interesting to see how it's going to all shake out, because I would say a lot of the HBCUs would like to be the only one to come. And so we um, have that. And I would also say that our local colleges, um, specifically SF State, USF, and UCSF, want to be the premier partner with those organizations and have space. We have secured for this summer um, with USF to be able to house at least um, 28 HBCU students. And so we will cover the cost of housing to have those students and then work with opportunities for all to have them be paid for their internships and have identified through um, Dolby, Accenture, and some other places, potential places to have them work during the summer. Um, and then most uh, importantly, we are working with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development to um, identify potential spaces where a hub could be, be based. And I don't know if folks have seen uh, the information about UCLA and the research center that they uh, announced, I believe it was last week, that they're working on. So had some conversations this week as well with the governor's office, as well as the education policy associate um, about a partnership to be able to do something mm -hmm. similar here in San Francisco with some of our spaces. So uh, I will say the things that we are really moving on and we'll be able to give, I would say by the end of this fiscal year, be able to really demonstrate that um, the recommendations that have come from the um, committee have been moved on or those two specifically. There are costs associated with both of those and we plan to uh, leverage um, both opportunities for all dollars as well as some of the DreamKeeper dollars to be able to make that um, to make that happen. So 
really grateful and excited about that work. There are other things that we're working on as well, but those are the two that I think are most front of mind and also where we have um, seen the most traction and movement and um, it's taking up a good deal of time. So Zach and um, Zach is supporting and working with the, um, the HBCUs, uh, Jewel is supporting and helping. And so another third one that I would add to this, but is also aligned is we are going to be meeting this week with Marcus Bookstores. We're going to work with them on um, while contracts are being finished for the Fillmore Heritage Center on being able to have them activate and do a pop-up in what was the gallery for the, um, in the, or in the former Yoshi's gallery 1300 space. Um, our goal and our hope is to have that pop-up be activated um, by February 2nd when we host the HBCU representatives so that we can take them to the Fillmore Heritage Center and be able to be in that space and um, talk about what that area, what that corridor was. Um, so February 2nd is our goal. It is a an aggressive goal, but we are hoping um, to be able to have Marcus Bookstores uh, in February for the month of February, at least, to be in that space up up and running. So that is the other um, piece that came from the, um, the recommendations. And so our goal there is to ensure that there is the ability for Marcus Bookstores to be able to go in there for us to leverage um, resources that we have so that all they have to do is bring the books and that everything else will be supplied through um, the resources that we have available. Uh, and so we look forward to being able to share more information about that opening um, during the month of February and that we will um, work with a couple of other groups um, to be able, so Joelle is helping us with um, what we're calling kind of built off or a modeled after what urban league used to do in terms of state of black America. We want to do something um, that really looks at the, uh, state of Black San Francisco and, and using some of the work that we're planning to do to highlight the recommendations and the efforts. There's a lot, we've already started to do some research. Um, there's a lot of data around uh, the impact around HBCUs. 40% uh, of uh, HBCU graduates are um, 40% of Black STEM engineers uh, come from HBCUs. 50% uh, of judges, Black judges, come from HBCUs. So we are um, using that to really talk about the, the benefits of HBCUs. There's also a lot of data around the economic impact that HBCUs and HBCU graduates have on communities and on the economy. And I will say um, equally looking at the importance of Black-owned businesses and using the support of Marcus Bookstores to highlight that when we support Black businesses, it helps the overall economy. And we are also working with, um, we have a meeting with the controller's office as well as with the chief economist to be able to run some of those numbers and data. And so some of what we've been really diving into or what they call the multiplier effect, which is basically um, economist lingo for when we give money to people, whether it is for businesses or mini grants or guaranteed income, um, unless they put the money under their mattress and don't use it, that money benefits the community. So a lot of times when we say, oh, there's nothing to show for this, when people get money and they spend that money going to the store, or they spend that money going to buy food, or they spend that money going, um, you know, 
buying gas or get buying a muni pass, that all goes back into the economy. It is contributing to employment. It is contributing to the supply chain. And so we're working with the um, controller's office to really think about what's the data that we can pull that helps to really validate and give credibility to um, what has already been proposed. So those are kind of the things that we're working on. We'll continue to uh, update. Kathy will continue to share. Kathy is going to be helping us with building the, um, along with Zach, the alumni, HBCU alumni, and the Divine Nine kind of database to make sure that we stay connected and that we build that. And um, I will I will stop there because there's more, but those are kind of the, I would say, the three big highlights that we're working on in terms of the um, HBCUs, the work with um, the um, the work with the Fillmore Heritage Center and the work that we're doing around the um, the cash payments um, based off the certificate of preference list. So those are the three things. And I would, you know, I, I hesitate to say cost because people, as you know, over the course of the this process, anytime we talk about how much money we're spending on something, that's all people hear and um, don't focus on the work that's being uh, advance, but really grateful that we are able to leverage resources and um, move this work forward. So thank you all for your work, for your recommendations, and for um, the support to advance and really make uh, a long-lasting impact in um, San Francisco. Thank you, Director Davis. Um, we're going to go to public comment um, before we come to committee questions or comments about the director's report. So we're going to invite public comment for those who are in the room. Let me just, um, again, remind you, we want to have the public comment be relevant to the subject matter, i.e. her report. If you have general comments about reparations, we welcome to hear that. We want to hear that under item, I believe it's four or five, which is general public comment. So this is the call for public comment on the director's report. Again, if you have general public comment um, that you'd like to make, we absolutely want to hear that, but not in this moment, in the moment when we call for general public comment. Secretary Meyer. Um, anyone who would like to participate in public comment this evening can line up on that wall over there and, sir, welcome. Public comment will be two minutes. The representatives of being here tonight, of being here through the process, I appreciate your hard work and late nights, you know, and studying and everything. But I just want to ask if uh, we've been working on a post-secondary education with the Bureau um, to start a vocational academy. So, you know, if some of us that's in board with that, it's called Changing Life Lanes. Uh, if we can get in on the conversation of the HBCUs and maybe using that as a tool for some of those that want to take vocational training and not, you know, going full force with just a four-year degree or something. So I just ask for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyone else who would like to comment on the director's report, please approach the dais. Yes, giving honor to God, to chair, board. Thank you all so very much. And um, hope is always a good thing to have, Dr. Davis. And you have given an excellent report. On Monday is Dr. Martin Luther King's celebration. It's quite fitting that you continue his work and your words echo his work that we shall overcome. We have not faded out. 
we are still here. What this and your report does, it brings the black family together across America. Not only the Bay Area, but the international communities are watching to see how America is going to respond. You bring a lot of faith-based intelligence to this conversation, which is one of the most powerful forces in the universe, spirituality. So I'd like to thank you for your hard work and what you all have done. But what you said, I'm very proud of what you said, because it is not easy, but you have made some dreams reality. And in closing, I'd like to thank Dr. Brown and the board and the rest of you. But what she said is a pillar of you. And I do believe it echoes for all of you. Thank you again so much, Ms. Davis, for your heart, love, soul, and powerful speech. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public would like to comment on Director Davis's chair report? Hello. Um, I'm not sure if I'm in the right section of the, the meeting, but I think I am. Uh, my name is Jason Mitchell. I'm a member of Unity Coalition, um, part of a group of Blacks and Jews fighting for racial and social justice. I've worked with a number of people on the board and you've come and educated us and worked with us and gave us your time. Um, and thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm here as a member of Unity Coalition and a member of Temple Emmanuel. Um, to first congratulate you and thank you on the hard work that you've done. Let me interrupt you only to say, ask you to hold your public comment for item number four. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for your cooperation. I appreciate it. Are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on Director Davis, Chair, or uh, Director's report? Okay. Chair, I see no more members. Oh, one more. Oh. And again, as this person is coming, we do want to give opportunity for everyone who'd like to make public comment just at the appropriate time. So thank you. Hello, and I just want to thank you for allowing me to be here. And I want to thank you for the suggestions that you, you guys have had and I have listened to over the course of the time of this conversation that has been really in-depth. I just would also like to add um, a push to continue on on the moves that you guys are making and also to not forget about the educational part when you speak about the little kids. And I'm coming from um, from my own perspective as being uh, African-American and as also being a teacher of young children, uh, the importance that the that the gap between what has been lost and where it needs to be where it needs to be connected and where all of the stories and the education about our history has been lied to us and that we had to sit down. And I remember getting spanked and whooped for having to learn Christopher Columbus discovered America or for having to put my hand across my heart and say, you know, the prejudice to the flag. And then to find out that Jesse Jackson helped kill Martin Luther King. And it's like, 
where do we rewrite the history books for the truth to be told, not just the ugly things, but also the good things, and also to the things that will give children a feeling of being enriched. I really also feel that there should be African-American schools. Uh, I'm not racist, but I do believe that I was cheated in learning the truth about my history. And so I think that is really important for confidence and just for education and knowledge that young black African-American children, not just them, but all children get to know the real true essence of what it is to be the USA, because I still need to know the address to that because I don't know it yet. Are there any other members of the public who would like to comment on item number two, which is the director's report? Okay, Chair, I do not see any. Thank you so much. Seeing none, public comment on this item is closed. Um, members of the committee, any questions or comments based on the director's report? Yes, so oh, uh, let's go to Member Landry. Member Carter, and then we'll go to Reverend Brown. And Brother Ekinem, I saw your hand. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, Dr. Davis, um, thank you for your report. And since this is our finale, I just want to take time out to tell you that um, personally, I appreciate not just the work under the Human Rights Commission, but the work you've been doing for decades. You have always allowed yourself, you know, to be talked to, to uh, work with people. And I, I just really appreciate that. And I and I have to say that publicly because I don't say that publicly enough. And you've been an inspiration, I know, to many. Um, so during this whole process, too, we know, it's, you know, it haven't been easy for HRC as well as us as uh, advisory members. But one thing that I notice is that everyone here has been trying to cooperate as much as they possibly could for the bigger picture. So I think our ancestors would be proud of all of us and your report uh, have constantly reminded us that we are working in tandem, even though sometime the public and maybe people don't understand the protocols and how things actually work. And I know you have tough skin because I've watched you out in the public over the years. So I just wanted to just take time out and thank you. And oh, just one question, though, about us sunsetting. So in terms of like the website and like the hard copies, because a lot of people are asking me what would be the follow up for stuff like that, just technical stuff. Otherwise, kudos to you. I salute. Um, so Joel has been supporting with the, the website and um, social media and doing all of that, and that will continue because the work will continue. I think the question is um, really for us to figure out, like, what's the cadence for us to do um, engagement, mm -hmm. right? And so that's something that, you know, either quarterly, if not um, biannually, so at least twice a year, we are committed to reconvening like in public space and, and sharing updates. But ideally we would do that 
um, quarterly, but I think that's something that we'll we'll figure out as um, um, and I, I want to thank too, um, while I'm saying this, um, she is still out, but she will be back next week. Um, Brittany Chiquada. And so Brittany will continue to support and advance the work and just want to also publicly recognize her and the work she did in the space. So the, the, the committee is sunsetting, but the work continues. And so we will continue to share out and um, keep the website and folks, I know Joelle has shared hard copies. We will continue to order those as people ask them for them. Thank you. Member Carter. I just want to thank you, Dr. Davis, for all your work and for supporting us, you and the entire HRC team. We could not have done this work without you. I also want to thank Gloria Berry. <laughs> she say everything I don't say more. <laughs> And just um, working with you on the education committee, I just salute you and, and just proud to see that um, that some of those recommendations are being pushed through and will have immediate impact for um, for the black community and for San Francisco as a whole. And I think really for California, like this will be a game changer and it will be because of the work that we put in on this um, on this reparations committee. So I am very excited. Um, I also would love to tip my nod to Tuskegee. <laughs> Booker T is one of my favorite leaders. Okay. Um, so, so I definitely love that. And again, thank you. Thank you all. Well, just know Tuskegee, like the the person there that I've been talking to is so excited. So you you should definitely meet him because he is emphatic about being in San Francisco. Well, now I got to push a hard line for him to come. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Uh, let's go member Ekinem and then Reverend Brown. Thank you so much, Dr. Davis, for everything that you've done. Uh, I guess I, I do have a couple of points. One years ago, 15, when we were conceiving of 1550 Evans. There was an education campus. We already know that there's been proposition money already set aside for that, okay? Um, at the time, it was CCSF and SF State who were going to step forward. I'd like for us to consider that we actually place the HBCUs there as a potential satellite site um, since we already have space, is already part of the plan, and there should be proposition money already allocated somewhere in the budget, and that was already approved um, by the citizens of San Francisco. So that's just something to like to consider. Two, I love that this is moving forward. I love that Member Barry has led that charge with the H HCBUs, HBCUs. And the other thing that I actually don't want us to forget is that we have a number of other institutions, Black kids who have gone to them who need our help still. You know, so it's not only in the partnership with CCSF, SF State, USF, and others in the Bay Area. I, I want to make sure that we also focus on them too, right? Um, we invite new people in, and I think that's absolutely incredibly important. We don't forget the people who have already been here, and we do everything we can to further that Blackness and that Black excellence today. And, I, and I'm just saying it. I know that you you believe in that too. So I just wanted to make sure that, that that's front and center, part of our mind, and even part of our planning sort of moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. And I will just say, um, 
What I can do is also work with the team to be able to share out. I, I know that also in the recommendations were points around opportunities for all. And I haven't share, shared highlights with that, but I will say um, over the last year, um, and folks may realize, you know, San Francisco Unified is less than 7% Black youth. Um, San Francisco City and County is less than 5% Black, but opportunities for all is in the double digits, in term, double digits in terms of the number of Black youth that they serve and being very intentional about that. We work with Ali and with YCD to do a cohort specifically of Black students, which is over 100. Um, so we've been very intentional about that. And I think that we are responding to the, um, the, the recommendations that were put forward to really increase opportunity for all, to be very intentional about that. And the DreamKeeper Initiative supports about 200 um, scholars across the across the, the nation that are San Francisco residents. And so that helps young people with their tuition, with their housing. Um, they're able to go to 100% um, college prep, collective impact, and uh, HCN, as well as um, USF, to get help and support with any of those things as they, as they need. So that is something, but based on the recommendations that you all made, that we will um, also be more intentional about moving forward. Excellent. Thank you, Reverend Brown, and then Member Barry. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the task force, ladies and gentlemen. It goes without saying that Dr. Davis is deserving of profuse applause. But not only is she a Not only is she an incredible visionary, but more importantly, she's an extraordinarily gifted practitioner. And for her to talk about having a romance with the mind is something that we desperately need first in this nation. Asmus, that great thinker, says that America is ignorant, does not say it disparagingly. What is ignorance? Not to know. But in Cheryl Davis, we have the reincarnation of the spirit of one Reverend Alan Allensworth who in 1908 tried to replicate Tuskegee in the West. But unfortunate thing happened. Whites down there near Bakersfield poisoned the water, redirected the railroad tracks, and Allensworth was killed. But we're having a resurrection through the efforts of Dr. Davis of bringing to this Northern California region that hopefully will move like wildfire down south a resurrection, I repeat, of Allen Allensworth, that black 
Baptist preacher who's a quintessential example that black preachers know how to do more than just hoop, moan, uh, spit, and stomp in preaching. But they're practitioners, and they're also scholars. So Dr. Davis reminded them also that we have a movement we're going to get going. Read, baby, read, and learn, baby, learn, beginning in February, so that we will get our children tuned into the fact that we should use our heads for more than a hat rack and be about critical thinking, being scholars. We're talking about Dr. King's birthday coming up. And the world should know, and all young people, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. entered Morehouse College one of our historically black colleges at the age of 15. He was an early admission student. And at a time when Morehouse was about to close down because the war was going on. And the board of trustees told Dr. Mays, we might as well close the school until the war is over. But Dr. Mays said, no, we cannot close the school. If we close it, we never get it open again. And he said, why not be creative? Let us consider going to high schools throughout the Southeast and finding bright young males in the 10th and 11th grades and let them be students at Morehouse. And you know who was in that first class in 1944? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I know I've been a little long, long winded there, but we got to tell the story. If we don't tell it, no one else will. That's true. That's true. We got to tell it to our children that they know, ought to know that they are somebody and they have all that it takes to be a scholar and not just a basketball or football star or a rap artist but they can use their minds. And if you use your mind, no man or woman, as Frederick Douglass said, will make you a slave. Thank you, sir. And the church said? Amen. All right. Let's move to member Barry and then member Martin. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Director Davis, for your report. Um, thank you for members of the public that came tonight. Thank you so much. Like at the last meeting we had, I want to apologize to the Black community that we don't have more to announce tonight. Other than that, I hope that my recommendation that this HBU satellite could be named as an annex of whichever college or co co coalition of colleges that um, agree to do this with us could be named after Ronald Colthurst, whose funeral was just this past Saturday. 
Um, I really need that to not be named under anybody else that's deemed a sellout or no one. It can't be not named after anyone that blocked any recommendation of the reparations committee and did not come out and stand up for this body of work. I had to research that a HBCU had to be established before 1964, so I comprehend why we need to use the name of another um, college, but definitely consider like how we have halls named after somebody that Ronald Colthorst or someone that was a pillar and an intellectual and cared about black people, it'd be named after it. I can't repeat that enough. Other than that, um, thank you, Member Carter. I wrote your name down when Director Davis was um, speaking because at every education meeting, you were the force and adamant about a HBCU being here. Thank you. Um, I also wanted to um, comment that Director Davis, I know I've been a thorn in your side. <laughs> and I believe that, I think it was Supervisor Walton that says everyone fights differently. But as long as the everyone's on the same light, has the same direction to, to reach the goal, the, the different diversity of the ways we accomplishment are necessary, I need to push you and you need to push me, you know? Um, I'll never forget your statement when the racial, the Office of Racial Equity hearings were going on, when we fought for that, which in my opinion was a failure, not due to you, but because we had no accountability to these city departments that have racist policies. And you said at that meeting, that hearing, um, I believe, our mayor was a supervisor, and I think Malia Cohn was a supervisor at the time. And you said that being a black person in politics with all these racist folks, you didn't say it exactly like that, but the gist of what you were saying was, it's not easy to do things for us with a political machine around us that don't want it for us. And I understand your position in that. I understand that you can do so much, but if all these other people in this building and their consultants say that won't win you another election, if you support those black people that you're stuck sometimes between a rock and a hard place. So I'll never forget you saying that. And I know that's the problem with reparations to this day is that people feel they will not be elected if they care about black people. And then, um, I do have one complaint, and that is um, about the cash payments. Um, I believe $25,000 is the exact same amount that Eviston, Illinois, who I feel we pushed them to do cash reparations because the home down, home, down payment assistance was just like frivolous because that program already existed. So but we're doing the same amount as Eviston, where their medium home income is $415,000 and San Francisco's medium home cost is $1,395,000. And $25,000 in San Francisco, 
you know, so, but I understand that budget wise, it's hard to. But, but I do want to, and not to cut you off, I want to make a distinction because through the DreamKeeper initiative, we have a down payment assistance program that gives over half a million dollars. So I want to make a distinction that this is the way that we've worded this is not to be down payment assistance. This is, this is. Although we realize, and this is part of the language I'm working on with the city attorney's office, is that this is a drop in the bucket, but this is to recognize and acknowledge harm that was done. So this is not money for buying a house. This is money to say, we realize that we failed and that we moved you out of your home. We displaced you. We made false, we, made, we, we did the wrong thing. Right. So that is that is a very separate thing. And we've been trying to figure out. And if I'm honest, it's less about um, whether that's a, an amount that's worthy as much as like that's really to your point, what's in the budget. And that, um, you know, that that's something to get us going to get us started. So I, I agree that it's not enough, but it's not for down payment. It is it is reparations in the sense of like owning that we made a mistake. Um, Director Davis, I comprehend that. I just mentioned that as their initial reparations recommendation in Evanston, Illinois, which was supposed to be so historical. I did not mean or insinuate that the 25000 for the seniors were for a home. I did not insinuate that. And I myself is going through the Dream Keepers Home uh, uh, Assistant program right now and it is not easy it is it is a lot of red tape it is a lot of false information they send you to these workshops that don't even apply to dream keepers and that's a whole nother subject the point in mentioning the twenty five thousand is not because i believe that's for people to buy a house the point in mentioning that was that we are giving the same amount as a town that you could probably get a house with a $25,000. You know, it's a cost of living difference between that town and San Francisco. So those two items aren't um, tangled, but it's an example of, it's more than less than a drop in a bucket. It's, it's a spec, it's a, it's a, okay, maybe I could pay my rent for a few months, but that's it, you know, Whereas in Evanston, it can mean a difference in a person's life. Well, I will just say personally, if somebody gave me 25 grand, it would make a difference in my life. But I will I understand and I hear what you're saying. I think there are a couple of different things. First off, I, you know, I appreciate and value um, debate and going back and forth. And when I spoke here at the last meeting, believe me, as long as it's not physical, I can take it. Because I have had all and folks who know from you know, the days of doing community work, I've had to get restraining orders because people take it physical. I don't have a problem with debate or going back and forth. I think my challenge is that, because um, I don't agree with a lot of folks, right? And folks who have been with me know that I typically am a straight shooter and I don't have a problem with that. I think my issue becomes when I feel like, and this is not directed at you or any one person, my issue becomes when I feel like it's, personal, right? And so when we come here and we come to do work and everybody's struggling and trying their best, um, I wanna focus on like how we get to the solutions. 
And so I appreciate the work that you all have done. I appreciate the things that have happened. I think that um, there is a lot to be celebrated. The fact that you all made it and like committed and submitted and created the document that was shared. Um, I will say, um, when I think about what the state has done, which has been solely focused on sharing their recommendations and still truly trying to work with the government to actually move some of that work forward, I would say, yes, we haven't done nearly enough, but I would say compared and compared to even what has happened in Evanston, you all have done a lot and you've done more than has happened in other places. Uh, I think that we spend a lot of, bit, lot of time on deficit-minded about what we didn't do, and we don't spend enough time on what we did do. I think that lots and lots of hours have happened. I think lots and lots of time has gone forward. I think lots of community building has happened, and I am of the, the mindset that we keep working, but that we focus on solutions, and I'm just not interested in tearing people down but building them up. And so when we spend time only focused on what somebody didn't do, it's a lot for me. I'm going to tell you, like I told my son, like I have a fragile mind and I cannot be involved in a lot of negativity because it's hard for me to rise from that. So I try to stay focused on what we can do to improve outcomes or how we get to where we want to go. And so it is hard, right? When we all show up here, you all have had to deal with emails and kind of negativity and just the frustration and all of those things that are happening. And my focus is always going to be on at the end of this, how do we make sure that your work is not in vain? My time is limited. My ability, my power is limited, but so is um, the work of these folks here that come. Right. So I am really grateful and appreciative. I would say yes, $25,000 relative to Evanston, like we should be doing more. I'm of the mindset that I would rather give more money to more people than to give more people money than to give fewer people more money. And so that's that's where I'm starting from. I appreciate you. your comment. I don't want to go back and forth. So I don't want to go back and forth either, but she just said it's not personal. And I just want to let you know that it's not personal from me. I speak from the community. I'm in this seat as a person who was formerly homeless and I have community input that's brought to me and it's, you're in the position of being the director. So it's may feel personal to you, but we have to put. My comments are not directed at you, member Barry. They're, they're I, I not. hear you. No, no further comment. Thank you. Your points have been made and heard. We appreciate it all the perspectives and they may differ, um, but we can continue to move the work forward. Uh, Member Martin. Um, I just want to say that. No. Hello, can you hear me now? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I just want to say, I really appreciate, respect and admire um, all the work that I've seen you do. I mean, I started my first time working with you was with the HRC Roundtable. And I know I think HBCUs were mentioned then, too. But seeing and hearing um, your report back uh, 
last week about this and what you're saying today. It's for me, it's about time. That's how I feel. And thank you. I'm I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. Anything that I can do to support um, moving forward, hopefully I'll, I will be there on, on the second. Um, I, I think this is amazing. I have never seen so much happen so quickly um, with so many Black people organized and for, for us to be getting all the things that we're getting. It's motive. Thank you. It's motivation. It's it's motivation. And it's what keeps moving us forward. Um, so the work that needs to be done, I think we'll continue to do. And it's gonna, I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. When it happens, and I believe it will happen exactly the way we want it to happen, because like Amos uh, uh Reverend Brown, member Brown always says they told us no about a lot of things they've been telling us no and we've been fighting we've been doing it so i applaud you i applaud the teams that you're building the um what's happening with this and um i, I support it thank you thank you member martin any other members on the director's report all right i have one quick question and a couple of comments question is on the um the just lost the train of thought just that fast. It went, it was HBCU, COP, 2nd of February. I'm trying to retrace my steps. <laughs> trying to retrace my steps in my brain. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all that assistance. <laughs> I appreciate all of that assistance. Um, it was the state of Black San Francisco. When, um, can you say a little bit more about what you're thinking in that space? So um have been talking with uh, a woman by the name of Lakeisha French, who is working on a Black GDP project, and then connected with another um person who is doing work around what they call dynastic wealth, which talked about, which looked at how some communities, instead of family reunions, do family retreats. And the difference between a reunion and a retreat, the retreat is a write-off on someone's taxes. They go in, they do um, these meetings, these convenings. And so talking about like things that we do within the Black community and how they can be transformed to help build uh, economic wealth. And so part of this is looking at the recommendations both that have come from uh, the the Reparations Advisory Committee. And so Jewel is doing some research around the HBCUs, around the um, entrepreneurship and other things to talk about what it is that we currently do and what we could be doing to really change the, the outlook. And so some of that is looking at um, the 300 plus um, folks who were funded through OEWD for entrepreneurship work and what that looks like and how we help make that be transformative. Um, and then it's modeled after, as I said, Urban League used to do their state of black America. And so we are reaching out to Angela Glover Blackwell, Fred Blackwell, Derek Hamilton, other folks to contribute a piece to that, that we would then put together. And then we would work with these other folks to talk about, um, to be able to lift up what's happening in San Francisco as a model for really tra tracking black GDP, to understand the 
impact that black spending has on the economy. So it is this kind of building off of the recommendations, looking at what we currently fund and how that can transform the economy. Excellent. That's exciting. Um, and what's the relative timing of that? What's your sense of that? So we are um, looking to have a draft copy outline that is um, available February 2nd. And then the folks that we are working with out of Atlanta and D.C. have been working with a group in um, the White House to do something to celebrate the anniversary of the Freedmen's Bureau, which is in March. Mm -hmm. And so there would be another um, iteration available in March. Excellent. That's very, very exciting. Um, let me go to Member Taylor online. Who, Member Taylor, please. Th thank you. Uh, I just want to join in with everyone else and commending uh, Director Davis for the outstanding work uh, that she's done throughout this entire process from the beginning. When I know there was some pushback, uh, she held on um, and and continued to lead, continued, continued to bring people in from all over um, the country, some of the leading people, including the, the sister from uh, from Evanston, Illinois, as well as uh, uh, Dr. Brown from Encobra. I mean, we didn't have any lightweights uh, come before us. We had some of the most important people on the fronts of reparations in America. I cannot stress to us uh, as committee members and, and Chair McDonald, I hope you appreciate the, the spiritual and historical significance of your role in keeping us united and together, because we have not had a lot of infighting amongst ourselves at all. Um, I think people need to be aware of that. Um, and, um, you know, this, it's just beautiful to see um, this work has happened. And again, in, in the name of Ronald Colthurst, Ronald was the guy, the driver behind bringing all of us together for the 2006 Slavery Disclosure Ordinance, which is on page one of our document. So Ronald Colthurst is there. His spirit is there. Um, he was fighting for reparations 18, 19, 20 years ago. And I, and I want that to be clear. This was 2006 when he was leading us on reparations. He brought me, Damu, Robert Smith, um, and uh, uh, Al Williams, and we all came in. I mentioned that last week. Um, and so I just want to commend, you know, the city, the Black San Francisco. I'm a Black New Yorker who's been here for 25 years. Um, and I've been watching Black San Francisco for 25 years, and I've never seen Black San Francisco get this far as united as it has been. And I know there are issues I'm not aware of and things I'm not aware of, but I'm just telling you as an outsider looking in, um, you have been a model for the entire Black planet Earth. Black people all over the Earth have looked at you, not just in America. Africa has looked at San Francisco. The Caribbean has looked at San Francisco. They have been inspired by us. The UN, um, Nigeria, all these different countries are rising up and saying it right in the face of the of the British and the other colonialists. Uh, the, in Benin recently, the Germans gave Nigeria back a bunch of its property. For us to think that we're not a part of what Martin Luther King called the zeitgeist or the spirit of the times, and that we might actually be inspiring them is to underestimate the importance of the city of San Francisco as always being that leading city in these different areas of, of untested waters. And I think the key for us, especially those of you in the audience, because the committee can only do so much, and we were only allowed to do so much in terms of how much you know, advocating and, and leading we could do when we we're actually doing this actual advisory work. But we need those of you in the audience and um, to, to sustain the fact 
that when these political campaigns come up, bring up questions about reparations to the candidates, no matter who they are. And, and I think Black San Francisco needs to maintain now that we've, because at one time it was redevelopment hanging over Black San Francisco for decades and decades and decades, right? We know all the studies, we put them in this report. But now we got a whole new regime, a whole new paradigm for Black San Francisco to talk to the rest of the city and the state. And that is, we should have a permanent conversation about reparations. There should be an ongoing advocacy throughout the city, apart from our committee work, reparations should be the new demand in San Francisco. And so Black San Francisco cannot get you know, content and say, okay, the committee's work is done. Uh, they did the best they could. They only got us a couple of things. No, rep the fight goes on. We approach government. Now we can approach private, you know, NGOs or private donors. The argument for reparations has been won. And that's the beauty of now. For all these decades and decades and decades, I was told we weren't slaves and they didn't make us slaves, right? And then Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote that article and said, guess what? We don't want to talk about slavery. We want to talk about everything else. And then that fit, that framework fit the San Francisco, California, um, you know, model of reparations. And so I just want us to remember, we have done something. We have advanced Black history. We have moved our people forward on this issue. The, the, the UC, uh, the, I'm sorry, I'm trying to hurry up. The, um, the University of California, Berkeley, came up with a report during our studies, during our, our efforts, and they said 45% of Californians oppose, I mean, 61% of, of Cal, 51%, 59% of Californians oppose reparations. And all I could see was, wow, we finally broke 40%. Do you realize we have white people, we have, there's higher white opinion now for reparations than there ever has been in American history. So I, again, and they don't have a single argument. Back in the day, in the 80s, they would they told us we weren't slaves, they didn't make us slaves. And then Tony Hazi Coates changed that conversation. And what I'm saying to you is that we have had a powerful historical impact. And I think uh, we need to understand countries and people and young people and organizations are watching us and they continue to be inspired. But I think San Francisco Black community has to keep the heat of reparations over the city establishment, constantly mentioning reparations in any conversation we have in the same way we did for 60, 70 years about redevelopment injury. Thank you, Member Taylor. I realize this is our last meeting. And so we're actually I'm actually going to give everyone a moment, but it's only going to be a moment. So let me just warn you in advance. It'll only be a moment. We we don't have time and the real estate of time. Um, so last thing for the director's report, um, Director Dave, just from, on my behalf as, as chair, uh, I am under no illusion that the extent to which this committee has uh, experienced success and all the ways we've experienced success, completing the reports, um, getting them into the hands of legislators, ensuring that um, community is made aware and, and being engaged, uh, ensuring that legs are being given to recommendations, um, whether they are um, have been highlighted or not, is all due to your leadership, all due to your leadership, um, that you have been, <clears throat> and I'm also under no illusion that 
lifting this work, not just this work, but really all the work that you have been leading out of your office, um, that that did not come without a cost. And by cost, from my perspective, is that the pressure I know you receive internally um, from trying to move this work on behalf of Black folks um, is immeasurable. And most of us will never know right? How heavy that has been. So at once you're being attacked from inside, at the same time you're being attacked from outside because it's not enough or it's too much or it's, you know, there, there are complaints about it all. So I just want to acknowledge just how much you've had to carry in and through all of this. And again, we are where we are um, because despite all of that, you have been willing to carry it and keep moving the work forward. Um, and the fact that in your, again, in your report this evening, uh, you have represented how the work will continue. And I have every confidence that the work will continue, whether they give you all the resources you need or not enough resources, because you're just that determined. As Reverend Brown said, um, you are the tactician. Um, you are also the visionary. Um, and it is rare that those two capacities reside in one unicorn. Um, and so I really want to appreciate you uh, for bringing us to this place. And I'm super excited that while the committee is sunsetting, that the work, as you've said several times, will continue. I have no doubt that it will. And I'm looking forward to the opportunities that we'll have as non-committee members and the broader community to continue to support you in this effort. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. You're making a share. All righty. Thank you very much. Let's go to next item, please. Item number three is the chair's report. This is a presentation by Eric McDonald, Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, Tanish Hollins, Vice Chair, African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. They will report back on their work representing the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee since the December 11, 2023 meeting. There will be public comment and committee comment on this item. Thank you. Um, so what I'd like to do, and, and I will not be long on my report part of this, is I want to use this agenda item also as an opportunity for committee members to offer perspective around this work, as this is our final meeting as we sunset as a committee. So members, um, get ready. I'm actually going to, just so you know, use the clock on you. Um, so you're going to have three minutes um, to express whatever you'd like to express, and I'll call on you um, moment, momentarily. Um, just a couple of things in terms of being able to rep continue to represent the work um, in community, um, have made or scheduled to make rather presentations to the um, League of Women Voters of San Francisco um, on the 10th. I'm scheduled to make a presentation to the Alpha Gamma Boule um, on the 19th. We're also in discussions about opportunities to um, continue to solicit endorsements of our work um, during the MLK celebrations that are that are upcoming. Also, we have secured um, um, nominal, so it's not significant, but some funding, um, both from the um, um, California Black Freedom Fund, as well as the San Francisco Foundation, to support ongoing post the sunsetting of the committee, to support ongoing community education and community mobilization efforts um, over the next six to 12 months. So, and we're gonna continue to try and raise additional resources to support that work. 
Additionally, we're going to try to um, mobilize efforts to create an independent authority. Some who've studied the report will recall that one of our recommendations is that a, an independent stakeholder authority be created that could stand as a consistent and ongoing accountability organization where the city is concerned um, so that the efforts don't either sit on a self and or dissipate over time, particularly as different leaders come and go. Uh, we want to see the work continue. And so more to come on that. Uh, and so that really is the extent of the reporting I wanted to share. Again, I want to give this opportunity again, as this is our final meeting um, for members um, to share perspective. Um, Kathy, I'm going to ask you to keep us honest on the three minutes, um, uh, just so that we don't um, consume too much time um, before we go to public comment and then move forward. So I'm going to start on this end uh, and invite Member Irving. Thank you very much. Okay, three minutes. Let's see. I'm going to start with the public and say thank you. Thank you for being here with us time after time, week after week, or month after month, um, for the community conversations that happened, for those who helped lead the community conversations and kept us, kept us honest and held us accountable. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, I think where I want to start is... Um, so the other day I was having a conversation with my cousin who I tell everything in life to, and I was crying because I said that we got people ex excited. We went into communities. We talked to seniors. We talked to youth groups. We had, San Francisco was buzzing and we were finally talking about it again. And we continue to do this to black folks. We did it with all the other reports that existed before. We go and we interview folks and we get their narratives and their stories. And then what do we do with it? Where, where does it go next other than it's documented in a book? But how do we actualize things for black folks and not get them disappointed that here we go again? And I think this is true of my work in the San Francisco Unified School District. And it is true of the work on this board that I often feel like it's not enough. And we keep, I don't use words that I, I use other words with her, but we keep playing with, with black people. And so I had this, I was overwhelmed with it. And I was just like, it's not enough, nothing's happening. But then after I got through my tears, I checked myself a little bit and I said that Black San Francisco has been here and we have always held each other down. And I just want to recognize the work that has happened past, present and future. I want to really recognize Dr. Brown and I am not going to be a crybaby, but thank you, Dr. Brown and the NAACP because this was your vision and, 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 and uh, Ronald Colthurst and all the other folks who have been leading this work. But we're here today because you do not give up on us. All folks may not agree with the approach and what is said and how it's done, but thank you for always being a fixture for in this community and making sure that black folks are always gonna be talking about, or the city is always gonna be talking about black people. So thank you. I wanna thank the Human Rights Commission and Dr. Davis and the um, your whole team, the mega black team, all the work that has been doing this, um, standing behind us and supporting us. I am grateful because I know that none of this stuff would have moved without your help. And so we are because you were, and so we appreciate all that you do and all that we know that you're gonna to continue to do. Don't do me like that, Kathy. 30 seconds. <laughs> Present, you all on this, on this panel, on this, uh, you are dope. 
You've been doing the work and it's not going to end because reparations ends because you guys were doing this before we got here. Everybody up here is so powerful in every single way that you show up in community. So thank you. It has been an honor to serve alongside of you and to our future. Our future is dope. Black children are brilliant and they will be fine because they're going to continue to lead the way and they have us as an example and they have, we have the um, uh, Reverend Browns and all of the folks in the past um, who helped guide us here and get us to where we are today. So thank you. I am honored. And three minutes is not enough. I know. <laughs> I do recognize that three minutes is is not enough. But again, we want to be mindful of everyone's time this evening. Member Carter. I want to first off um, just thank the committee and for for I'm so honored to be to sit on this committee and special shout out to the education committee again because I just I felt heard I felt just so much and I appreciate the work and just again seeing the HBCU and those things um, be pushed forward and then to community I mean some of you guys I've seen continuously show up here to support. And although we sunset today, that's one chapter. We got to push through. We got more work to do. Like this was not going to be an easy task. I said when I first started this that I didn't want nobody to applaud me until we actually got a win. And so um, today I'm, I'm proud of the work that I've done. And and I think we we all deserve an applaud because we, we did get a win. Um, we still got more big wins to come, but the world is watching San Francisco. Um, we've made headlines, good, bad, and everything in between. <laughs> but like I said, now we, we submitted the report and now it's, it's up to all of us to push it through and to make sure that those recommendations get pushed through. And we should be on everybody back, politicians, community, everybody, um, all hands on deck to make sure that black San Francisco is a part of the wealth of San Francisco. So again, thank you all. And I'm very honored to sit in the seat. And... <laughs> I know I'm short-winded. <laughs> thank you, Member Carter. I'm Mem not gonna Mem keep it short. I'm not, I'm scared. Mem Member Landry. Uh, well, oh, no, I hate endings, I love beginnings, but I just want to echo what everybody is saying here. Thank you. First of all, to the community, the public at large, uh, this has been an honor for myself. Uh, when we had 67 applicants, you know, that um, submitted applications to be on this task force, I took, I didn't take that lightly because anytime somebody said, I want to represent and put in the hard work, if you're chosen to do that work, I, I wanted to be like an example, you know, try. I know we can't always, you know, make meetings and things come up, but from day one, I wanted to honor our ancestors, honor those who have came before me, who have put in the work, like what Dr. Taylor was saying with the slavery ordinance and what Dr. Brown and them was doing in 2006, and just follow through, because you, you have heard me say many a times about the out-migration report, the unfinished agenda, the drug report. I mean, the list goes on and on on unfinished work here in San Francisco. However, it's really true. We're San Francisco giants. We're Golden State Warriors. 
You know, a lot of that applies to the spirit of San Francisco and the Bay Area black folks here, because they say if it can happen in San Francisco, it can happen all throughout the world. So let's not look at this as just a moment. This is really a movement. This is really a movement because people are watching, listening, and learning, including us up here. But I want to thank each and every one of you. I have learned from you, and I hope you have learned from me. I want to thank the HRC staff, the tired work that has been put in by, you know, day and night, emails back and forth. I mean, it's two and a half years. I've been wonderful. I won't even, I won't even thank you for the criticism because we help each other learn more about ourselves. Nobody is claiming to know it all. What we're saying is that we're going to come up with solutions based on what we hear from the community and public. And then we're going to uh, regurgitate that, <laughs> hate to put it in that manner, towards, you know, the city. But let me just end it by saying, my mother told me one time, she said, I want to go home. I'm from Mississippi, too. Right? And I said, where's home? She said, uh, it's not Mississippi, it's Africa. So this is not our home. And never forget, we're in a house here in the United States that's burning. So they're going to have to listen one way or another. Thank you, y'all. To be continued. <laughs> Appreciate you. Three minutes, Reverend Brown. <laughs> well, I got actually just say amen <laughs> to everything that has already been very eloquently, ably, and heartfelt expressions by all of my colleagues. I am just ecstatic and excited over the fact that we were intergenerational and you fulfilled what I suggested would give us victory. Never team up two young mules from the by themselves else it might mess the feel up. But neither should you team up two old mules to plow a field. I learned that in Mississippi, where you came from, too. They always, if they wanted to have successful plowing, teamed up an old mule with a young mule. Young mule, for, maybe for strength. But the old one knew the way of the river and where the stomps were in the field. Now, I end with this. I know about all the protocol. You have to agendize items. But if we're going to continue this movement, there's some low-hanging fruit right before us. And what is that? I chaired the, the health committee. Mm -hmm. And right now, as of this past week, Thursday, there are forces that are spitting on the graves of black folk who tried to pull off 
the revitalization of the Fillmore. And just this past Thursday at 945, I received an email stating that Safeway was going to close in March. I want you to join NACP, the Black faith community, and people who have some pride and stand up and say, we're going to inherit the spirit of Mary Helen Rogers, Hannibal Williams, who stood before bulldozers and said to the redevelopment agency, you're not going to plow us under. We will create a full desert in the Western Edition where all of these seniors live, where many of us live in housing that was developed by black folks 40 years ago so we would have a fair break and chance to have housing. We're not saying we don't want housing, but the plan that has been thrown out there, no black face that I know of was invited to the table. We are tired of folks doing things at us, over us, and around us. We are of age and we can speak for ourselves. So I say, Mr. Chairman, thank you, sir. Let's continue the movement okay. and grab this low hanging fruit. Because if you don't have food to eat, it becomes immaterial. It's whether or not you're going to have any money. <laughs> if you were sick, and you're dying before the deadline, black people must be healthy. But to snatch that supermarket out of that area would be the kiss of death. And we need to stop it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Member Brown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, esteemed colleagues, uh, the Human Rights Commission, value members of our community here in attendance and online, this is with a heart full of gratitude and a sense of accomplishment that I conclude my tenure as a member of the African-American Right Reparations Advisory Committee. This journey has been one of profound learning, deep reflection, and unwavering commitment to a cause that is not just necessary for fundamental, but excuse me, not just necessary, but fundamental to the ideals of justice and equality. Together, we have delved into the complex layers of history, confronted uncom uncomfortable truths, and sought to understand the depth of the impact that slavery and systemic discrimination have had on Black San Francisco. Our work has been guided by a vision of reparative justice, aiming not only to acknowledge past wrongs, but also to create pathways for healing and progress. As we conclude, I do so with the confidence that this committee's work will continue with the same spirit of dedication and urgency. The road ahead is long and the task is immense, but the foundation we have built is solid. We have started crucial conversations, proposed meaningful solutions, and most importantly, we have ignited a flame of hope, a hope that our efforts will lead to tangible changes and a more equitable future. In closing, I extend my deepest appreciation to my fellow community members, our community leaders, Black San Francisco, Director Davis, 
the Human Rights Commission staff, and all those who have supported and guided us along this path. Your wisdom, passion, and resilience have been the driving force behind our achievements. While my former role in this committee ends today, my commitment to the cause of reparations and rap racial justice remains steadfast. Thank you for the honor of serving alongside you, for the lessons learned, and for the opportunity to contribute to a chapter in history that I believe will be looked upon as a turning point in our journey towards a more just and equitable society. Thank you. Thank you. Member Ekinem. Thank you so much, uh, Chair. I am humbled. I'm humbled by community because that's where it starts and that's where it ends. I had the opportunity to chair economic empowerment. We specifically said $5 million for every person that qualifies for reparations. That will not be forgotten. We need to push for that. And we put that forward not because it was just something plucked out of the air, but it was because we went back and took a look at the harm that was done and said, this is the drop in the bucket that needs to happen to get us to the place that we need to be. In 2050, if we don't take these actions that have been outlined in the reparations report, Black wealth goes to zero. To zero. This is not the time, in my opinion, to tread lightly. We've done all of this work together, and yes, we have some really good tangible next steps, but we need to work together. We need to work with you. This sunsets, yes, but every single one of us has been doing this work for a very long time. We will continue to do it, but we need to be working together. To that extent, one of the things that I have the opportunity to, to do is I'm actually, uh, through PolicyLink, going to be their Spatial Futures Fellow. And one of the things that I'm actually going to be working on is taking a look and changing this narrative of deficit. The city and county of San Francisco and the state of California passed propositions for homelessness, for housing, for education. No one has actually taken a look at where that money has actually gone. No one has taken a look at where that money has actually gone. It's gone into the general fund in some places. Other places just disappeared. We have many studies right now around even our housing depart department, MOHCD, $500 million, half a billion dollars there. Granted, a lot of it's earmarked. But we actually do have money that we as citizens of San Francisco has already put down as a down payment on our collective futures. And it's somehow not there. So one of the things I'm gonna be taking a look at is exactly where that money is and how we can actually leverage it moving forward. So that also means if you get an email from anitaforcommunity at gmail.com, please answer it. <laughs> because our work is really just beginning. And in conclusion, I just want to say thank you to everyone on this committee, because when I take a look at the people who were selected, these are people who were about the work, right? And for me, these kinfolk are kinfolk. These people have put down their time, their energy, their effort just to do that thing. And so I just want to say, again, it starts with you and ends with you. I thank you for showing up, for being part of this conversation. 
And I'm actually going to invite you to the movement that we have all collectively started. So I just want to say thank you very much. And thank you, all of you here, for the work that you've done. Member Berries? Yeah, Chair, quick question on your report. Is this a time to ask a question or are we doing? Okay. Sure. You mentioned um, the San Francisco Foundation and the California Black Freedom Fund. What are they going to um, participate in? They are providing some funding to do community education. We're doing it um, through the um, SF Black Wall Street. And we'll do some continuing community education and community mobilization over the next six to 12 months. Okay, thank you for that information. Mm -hmm. um, Hopefully my comment is um, cohesive. Uh, I'd like to start out by um, something Member Landry said in his comments about us being the warriors. And I just want to say, I don't mind being Draymond Green up here. <laughs> I don't mind doing flagrant fouls. I don't mind being ejected, suspended, not receiving any grants from the city. I don't mind no future appointments to any committees, as long as I feel like I could look myself in the mirror at night. Um, I would like to also um, say that in June, I went to South Africa for my birthday and I did my due diligence to talk to many South Africans, black South Africans as I could about apartheid and Nelson Mandela, which statues of him everywhere. And what I was told by local community members that would not let me record them saying it is that they received a lot of money through the Nelson Mandela Foundation in South Africa due to apartheid. And what had happened was they felt like elites and middle-class black folks in Johannesburg and throughout South Africa took the money and it never trickled down to the people. And if you see those townships there, it's disgusting. And and but people wouldn't say it on video. And and I, I just fear that when people talk about reparations and money going to programming, that it will go to the same people who've been getting funding and not reach that brother in the tenderloin laying on the ground with his face and some urine with his pants off his butt that he will not feel those effects of reparations. And um, that's my concern. I often get asked, what can more people do? You know, I wanna give a shout out to um, the man from the coalition uh, with the Jewish community. Um, Cause I have a lot of partners. I don't call them allies, but a lot of partners. What can we do? What can we do? I just want to remind everybody who wants to know, ask, what can we do? It, is that the Board of Supervisors unanimously passed a resolution to support the recommendations, hold them accountable. The San Francisco Democratic Party passed a resolution to support reparations, hold them accountable. People are getting going through election season this year. If they don't support reparations, challenge them on it, say something. Don't vote for them. Let them know we're not going to do that. And as far as community education 
and all this funding going towards that, I have concerns about that. And I hope that money is instead used towards people getting um, some harm repaired. I think everybody knows what reparations is and doesn't need money to educate people. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go, Member Martin, and then uh, Member Taylor, I'm going to come to you, and Member Hamilton, I'm going to come to you after Member Taylor. Um, thank you. Um, I'm going to uh, address this to everybody all at once. <laughs> um, so that's the, the public, HRC, the members, because um, I feel like we're all in this together. Like, it took all of us. And I, I just want to thank everybody for your brilliance, for your input, for your time, for your energy, for your ideas, and for your solutions that you posed. Because I think we created something great. We created something that will work. Why? Because it came from us. Because we did it together. And um, I just want to uh, also um, highlight that the recognition, like Member Barry was saying, that's always been my concern. I didn't get on the committee until May of uh, last year, but all the time before that, part of the reason why I had or asked for um, the, the committee to come and do community engagement and listening sessions at Glide or in the TL was because there were a lot of voices, a lot of people, the homeless brother or sister that's on the street, the incarcerated, the people addicted to drugs, the people living in tents. I didn't hear a lot of those voices. I didn't see a lot of those people, maybe former people, which I'm a part of some of those categories as well, um, but I'm sitting here and that was my aim was to get their voices to be a part of this, too. So nobody's left out because I don't feel like we really have complete reparations or a complete idea of what's needed until we hear all the black voices. So I. I. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate everybody who showed up and and who came and what 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 that does is it lets everyone know every black person every brown person every person of african american descent know that you are not forgotten that you're remembered and 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 also no matter what happened like somebody said earlier or a few people said earlier we never gave up we never gave up i knew when i started this when i first when i came to my first meeting that this was only the beginning this was only the start, and it was going to be a lot more, a lot much harder work coming up. And so that's where we're at now. We won. We won. We won. We won. We won. Okay, so just like we pushed it up to this point, we got to keep pushing and not give up. It's going to... It's like a, it's only just the beginning. So everybody here, if you bring some of your family members, if you, you know, to these meetings or to what's going on, if you bring some of your uh, neighbors, if you bring some of your com community members, you know, that's what we need. I feel like if it's 5% black people in San Francisco, we need to have that 5% at every single one of these meetings, at every single thing that we do. Thank you very much. Member Taylor. 
Thank you. I, I want to apologize that I couldn't be there today. Um, uh, but I'm so glad to have been a part of this, this committee. Um, I will not forget as a historian or a student of social science, the role of Reverend Brown in initiating this stage of the reparations movement. Um, you know, his inspiration after the George Floyd moment uh, is what got all of this started. And I think sometimes people have forgotten that. And I just want us to remember where all of this came from, you know, from the heart of Reverend Brown and the NAACP and individuals that supported it. And um, that's important for the NACP nationally too, because what other NACP in America has done anything close to this? None. Uh, they might follow suit, but they have not inspired uh, such a thing as the San Francisco NACP has. Um, and again, I want to commend all of the HRC staff um, you using your youth and intelligence and skills um, to reach out on all fronts is just admirable. And um, you know, you are like the the the, the soldiers in the in the in the trenches, um, really, you know, talking to people. And I'm, I just want to commend you and hope that you don't feel like we haven't appreciated you all because we appreciated everything you do from a quick email Joel right before the meeting saying, I can't get in, I can't get in. And you're right there to make sure it's taken care of. So I just want to thank you all for your help as young people. Um, you're inspiring us old heads to keep on going because while we're, you know, sitting in one capacity, you're working in another. So we're working together even generationally in this room. And I think it's beautiful. Lastly, I just want to ask if it's possible um, if we could have a follow-up reception for the committee um, where we can just get together and celebrate if that's what we want to call it or just have a reception. Maybe we don't want to celebrate, but maybe we can get together and have a reception, get us all in a room and just sort of exhale and debrief and hug each other um, and appreciate each other one more time before we finally say goodbye to each other. But I hope whether HRC or the NACP or the Board of Supervisors could you know sponsor or co-sponsor a reception. And then I hope Reverend Brown, you will continue the agenda around reparations from the community-based standpoint, apart from our efforts here with the, with the city. I hope we can continue at the grassroots level to continue to talk to ordinary people about reparations throughout the city. So I hope we can keep ongoing planning in the city. I'll be willing to talk to any and everybody that, that, that you'll let, uh, let me talk to about reparations. And so I hope we can continue on. Thank you so much, Chair McDonald, for your leadership, brother. I didn't know you well before this, but I feel like you're a brother now. So thank you so much. Appreciate you, Member Taylor. Member Hamilton. Yeah, hello, everyone. Um, I just want to say uh, that I'm very thankful for uh, being a part of the Reparation Advisory Committee um, thank you to Director Davis and all of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission, everyone that sits on the board. Every seat, in my opinion, was important um, from Gwendolyn Brown to Tanish and Tiffany and their innovation that they brought to the group, to Reverend Brown with his historical uh, and historian information that he brought to the group, the Gloria Berries and the Daniels with pushing the envelope every opportunity that they got, the leadership of Eric uh, McDowell and Inite, and just the whole entire group. Uh, everybody just brought a lot to the table. I want, want to apologize that I haven't been able to make it to all the meetings and I wasn't able to fully participate um, after um, being injured. Um, but I do uh, want to thank you again, Director Davis. Um, you are a true example of what leadership should look like. Um, the integrity that you bring to every space that you're in, 
the um, knowledge and wealth of information that you have. You are, and lo even looking back and when you mentioned um, about um, those times when you had to put restraining orders, I think like a lot of times people, they don't understand that it takes many, it takes 10 years, really 15, 20 years to become an overnight success. Because I remember those days when you were in the trenches and pushing super hard for the community when you were in the office with uh, Ross Marcarimi and shedding the spotlight on community and black communities throughout San Francisco, also with the uh, public defender's office and all the hard work. You have always put the spotlight on community and always gave not only uh, folks with a wealth of information as far as education, but those with a wealth of information as far as community knowledge and and, and and I don't want to say street knowledge, but a wealth of knowledge within community gave those people opportunities also. Um, I'm just very thankful to the community for all those who are able to come out and always support and, and, and give us that boost. Uh, with every fight, it comes in rounds. So to me, this is round one. Um, and I think that this round, in my honest opinion, I think that we, we're up one. Um, I, I think that this was a uh, a nine eight round and i think that we won this round so as we go into round two we just got to be prepared and 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 be willing for the fight so i just want to thank you all again and can't wait until we can collaborate on something else and continue to push whatever agenda that we need to push for the black community thank you member hamilton vice chair hollins Mm -hmm. uh, I know that this process of putting all of our hopes and dreams into a report may feel like a small drop in the bucket and especially for those of us who have been through these processes many times before but it is important to have Black San Francisco's hopes and dreams recorded any and everywhere. And so I am profoundly honored um, to have spent time. I wanna thank the members of this committee um, for trusting me and trusting my leadership as the vice chair to the community members, specifically to the elders who called in and who stayed online. Sometimes for those four and a half hour meetings to participate in public comment, to share their stories, to talk about the urgency of need that our community has. Um, Reverend Brown, I'm thinking about what you just said in terms of uh, having, the young, having the young mules with the old mules. I got to hang with the old mules. And uh, if I'm accused of sounding like a Baptist preacher, it's because <laughs> I got to stand next to one and speak with God's authority. This work was not ours. It is, and I understand we're in City Hall, but this is 1,000% God's work. I want to thank every mentor that I've had along the way as an organizer and an activist in San Francisco, specifically Sharon Hewitt, Mike Brown. I want to thank my grandparents because I want to dedicate this two and a half years that I've spent in this process to them, Ezel Hollins, Jesse Hollins, and James Masale Mamou, the sharecroppers from the South, who came here to the city and turned their backyards into farms, taught me how to pick eggs and look for chicken mites, <laughs> taught me a black, about black ownership, allowed me to see what black businesses looked like in my neighborhood and kept me safe 
And that is the dream that's recorded in our advisory committee's plan. San Francisco, the reparations work lives with you. It lives with Black San Francisco. This committee sunsetting has nothing to do with what's in front of us. And so I'm encouraging everybody to stay vigilant. The politics of this city is discouraging, but our spirit is what gives San Francisco its identity. So let's keep pushing. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you to each of um, my colleagues for, again, your thoughtful reflections on this work. Um, I would just conclude our time in this moment, at least, um, by just reminding us of, of, of a, a couple of things. One, that um, it is and has been the Black lived experience that is unique. And part of that uniqueness is that it has, we have gained nothing anywhere in this country and perhaps even in this globe without fighting. Um, nothing has been given um, and all has required a fight. And so what I've come to appreciate is that this fight as I think uh, member Hamilton may reference to a prize fight, a, a boxing uh, match, perhaps it is, I liken it to a marathon um, that uh, wherein there are legs of the race um, and all of the legacy leaders, for example, that uh, member Vice Chair Hollins referenced, ran a previous leg, and um, and there are folks like Tamatra Scott and Mary Helen Rogers and Hannibal Williams again, who ran a prior leg, and I am humbled and honored to have been able to be a part of this committee to carry this next leg of the race. Uh, not only is the race not over, the best I believe is yet to come. Uh, and which each leg, there are certain measures of victory. And so while we may not have achieved, you know, the implementation of every single um, recommendation that we made, uh, I am proud of the fact that one, uh, we've had depths of conversation about reparations that had never taken place in San Francisco in my lifetime, uh, and with a readiness to even pose the questions. So I see that as success. And then we have the opportunity, um, as uh, Dr. Um, Evans, I'm sorry, um, Davis, <laughs> I went back <laughs> to when I met her, <laughs> um, uh, Director Davis, uh, to who will continue this work. I'm just uh, excited about our future, or I should say the future uh, of this work. Um, and as I shared when we had our rally on the steps of San Francisco, kind of my therefore is that I, I, I as the song says, I feel no ways tired um, because I don't believe we've come this far just to have it end. And so I'm excited. I absolutely echo all of the appreciations um, for community first and foremost, secondly, for all of the organizations who became allies certainly would also reflect calling out the Black and Jewish Coalition, Unity Coalition, um, Mega Black, San Francisco Black Wall Street, um, all of the organizations that have stood with this work. Um, and so the call still remains that we will hold this city, 
It's leadership accountable uh, for doing right by Black folks in San Francisco. Um, and so the fight continues. Again, we appreciate each one of you, my colleagues on this committee. I appreciate you. Um, thank you for allowing me to hold this role as chair. Um, a leader is nothing without followers. And so I appreciate the fact that you all have allowed me to help steer this work to this place. Uh, and I'm honored that we can now um, continue this work even as the committee sunsets. So thank you very, very, very much. So um, I wanna try something a little tricky which is I'm supposed to call for public comment, and I will, but it's public comment on what was my report. And what I'm gonna ask you to do, if you were prepared to make general public comment, don't come now. The very next item is public comment, where you are free to make comment on any and all of the elements of this work. If, however, you have public comment on my report, where we've represented this work um, and or what is to come in terms of this work. I'd welcome that now, so um, please come. Um, but again, if you have public comment that is general public comment about this body of work, um, I'd ask you to hold that until the very next item, which is item four. Secretary Meyer. Um, anyone who would like to participate in public comment on the chair's report, it will be two minutes. Please approach the microphone. Okay, chair, I believe everybody's Saying ready none. For... Thank you. Public comment is closed. Okay, please call the next item. Item number four, general public comment. This is a discussion item. Members of the public may address the advisory committee on matters that are within the reparations jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. Speakers shall address their remarks to the committee as a whole and not to individual committee members or department personnel. So anyone who would like to participate. And let me, let me start with the gentleman from the Unity Coalition, since I asked him earlier to hold his public comment. Thank you. Right time. Uh, thank you. Uh, excellent. I'm speaking for the Unity Coalition today, but I also want to focus specifically on the white members of the of, of Unity Coalition and our responsibility, because you're right. We First of all, thank you for your work. We support it 100%. We appreciate it. We are honored to be here. Uh, we have learned from our black friends and our partners and our brothers and sisters. It is amazing. And we just so appreciate all the work that you have done. And you rightfully understand, and the Unity Coalition understands, that the whole conversation around reparations and really, you know, repair of black community is a negative binary. Everything is win-lose. Everything is a taking. If we if we give, we lose. And that, you're changing that. We need to change that conversation. And our understanding of the Unity Coalition is that as the Black community in San Francisco lifts itself up and rightfully has its obligations met and its repair met, it serves all of us. It heals all of us. All right, it is it is our really our mutual communal liberation, and we've learned that from you. And people don't understand it. So our commitment in the Unity Coalition is we have work to do. The Democratic Party, the Board of Supervisors, but um, a lot of um, synagogues 
and the Jewish community that is not in support. We need to go out, we need to influence, and we need to speak to it. And I just want to say that I love hearing that you are continuing the fight to have your obligations and your responsibilities met, because that is our responsibility as white America as well. And I will leave you with my favorite saying from Judaism, which is, um, from the Pirkei Avot, you are not required to solve the problem, but you are not free to desist from it. And I want you to know the Unity Coalition understands that completely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Uh, once again, I'm Greg Richardson, thank you so much. Uh, the spirit is alive and, and well. From the Red Sea, bondage of slavery with Moses going across all the way to Africa and being captured. Today you mark on the beginning of a new world. This world is the youth. The steps you put forth today for tomorrow will come back and take care of you. You've done a great job. I don't look at this as an overnight success. What I look at is this. If you look at the Pathway to Freedom by Rosa Parks, Google it online. They go to all the major universities on the Pathway to Freedom starting in Memphis, Tennessee, escorted by the police and sheriff's department to Mississippi. They go to seven states and 21 cities. It would be a blessing if funds were put together. They stay at all the major universities and they reenact re Chicken George, Rosa Parks, as well as the Underground Railroad. This would be another step where the universities can participate that have not been, and the kids could go there, stay on campus, and learn the necessary tools to let them understand they'll be back and they can run City Hall because they have credentials. Thank you for your comment. Next speaker, please. Hi. I'm going to breathe first and then I'm going to smile because I want everyone to smile. I want you guys to smile. I really do. I come from San Francisco. When I was a little girl, we had a quarterback named um, Montana and he would be down. It'd be seconds on the clock and he would throw what he called a Hail Mary. He didn't know where Jerry Rice was out there in the field. He just throw that ball high, hard and far and Jerry would come out of nowhere and grab that ball and run it across the line. And I've watched this several times as a little girl, watching my parents sit with their fingernails biting, trying to figure out, because they done bet on the damn game, trying to get our rent paid. And we would win the game. I have a vision board on my wall. I've already spent my $5 million. I done bought farmland in Vacaville. I didn't hand it down property to my grandchildren. I have five number sixes on the way. So um, Jerry Rice, 
throw that Hail Mary and we're going to ride this one out because you are Montana and Jerry Rice. And like I said, um, I'm really big on manifestation. Um, I did a pull up 28 states over the United States dealing with reparations, delineation, an anti-black hate crime bill, um, stopping CPS from stealing black children and getting um, illegal immigration under control in this country. And so we have said ancestors' names that haven't been mentioned for three, four hundred years. Most of us have gotten back to the 1700s, okay? So we've woke up the ancestors. This is spiritual warfare. We are the soul people, and we will be healed in this generation. And I'm looking at the people, okay? Alabama has their reparation task force. Detroit has their reparation task force. Fulton County in Georgia has a reparations task force. They did not have it in 2022. They are watching San Francisco. I'm not gonna say nothing about California, but San Francisco, you guys have set the precedence for this. From the young to the homeless community that has come up, to the elders, to everyone, you guys have covered it. And you have covered it with the blood of the black community, which is who we're representing. This is lineage based for our people. Okay. Thank so you. I am proud of you. And um, I'm spending my $5 million. Are you guys? All Thank right. You. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm Siobhan, and this is Chastity. Nice to meet you all today. <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, I wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much. Um, you have served the community. What you guys have done, you've you've um, infused hope into um, a lot of um, our, in, into our community. And when I say hope, um, one of the biggest evils that oppression and being invisibilized does, it makes you think that you don't matter. And it makes you live a life or believe that you deserve a life less than. And a lot of times I would bring up um, my father um, who came from Arkansas, who who heeded the call for World War II and, and to work in, um, in the Fillmore in San Francisco. And um, what you guys have done for me is helped me to put this story of my family together. I didn't understand the life, um, the situation which um, my ancestors, my father is now an ancestor, lived under. Um, the last time that I came, I brought my sister who um, still lives in um, in the Fillmore. She's 75. I brought her here and um, it's opened up a lot of conversations. My family in St. Louis, um, all over, we have these conversations about what's going on in San Francisco. And I also wanted to say... Um, um, that I love what you said about the um, the old mule and the young mule. And so last time I brought my sister who was an elder. And so today I brought someone who was younger. And I also want to say thank you for including um, the tenderloin because black people, we make up most of the tenderloin now. That's where our population is. is and um, and so like just not making sure that all voices are included. I was able to, my voice is heard all around our community. Um, and I brought people here and thank every single one of you. Every single one of you, thank you. I also just wanted to say thank you to you all. This is my first time in city hall, let alone my first time in a serious meeting. I'm 24, I'm not really into politics. So this was a great, great, 
thing to come into. But I just want to say a quick poem for you all because it's something that I wrote and that I didn't think that I would share, but I'm going to tell you all anyway, and it's about the black community. So it starts off dark, but it gets light at the end. I just want to be quick about it. So my life is a nightmare. Instead of waking up to birds chirping, I wake up to sirens alerting. My life is a nightmare. When you go to sleep at night, you hear crickets peep. When I go to sleep at night, I hear fights in the street. My life is a nightmare. When you think of birds, you think of flying. When I think of birds, I think of how the cage bird sings. My life is a nightmare. When you think of light, you think of life. When I think of light, I think of dark nights. My life is a nightmare, and you won't have good dreams until you wake up. I thought that meant death, but really, it's to wake up to the truth. It's the truth. It's honesty. It's the reality that life is not death. Life is an experience. And this is was an experience to have, and y'all are bringing that experience. And I want y'all to know that what you does matter coming from the youth. I'm 24, so like you said, in 2050, black wealth will not be gone. I'll be 50 years by old, and I'll be making sure I'm giving back to my community because of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Nancy Gitaitel. And uh, I'm just here to support and comment on the, just give a thank you to the lovely committee. We have seen your work. I've been living here in San Francisco. Um, and I always say I'm Kenyan first, I'm African first, and an African-American. And um, being welcomed into this community by the African community, African-American community that really held our hands. Um, there was a comment yesterday I heard, I did not attend, um, of the African-Americans saying that they're not happy with the Africans because they don't say hi to them. I work for Collective Impact, which is a nonprofit that has been educating me, putting me in classes of JRI, where we learn about the post-traumatic slave syndrome and post-traumatic colonial syndrome that we come with from Kenya. So we, as the African community that has really benefited from the Dream Keepers Initiative and such leaders of our community that have really seen the vision of where we are supposed to be going, uh, would love to see how we can merge together. Our people are not really educated on the slave syndrome that you're suffering from. And because we have, we've been healing together, we're here to bridge the rift and see how we can be able to move forward. When you see one person, one black person moving forward, we need to push our leaders and it's not the time to fight. It is coming together and bringing that Ubuntu spirit together. We had our Kenyan president who was here last year and he's coming again in, uh, in April to do the sister city with San Francisco and Kenya. And this is where we are telling you, come back home. This is your home and Africa is opening the door for you. And the Africans who've been here, we have a lot of Ethiopians and Eritreans and Nigerians who are contributing to the economy of San Francisco. So it is up to us with the funding that is coming, think about partnering with the African community and the nonprofit that have really put in this community education to see how we can be able to educate our children on our real history that has been forgotten and also empowering a community that is so fragmented. We need to bring them together and open their eyes so that way as we start this revolution, it's going to be a strong movement. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'd like to welcome the next speaker. Well, hello, everyone. Those who know me, those who don't, I'm Maika Pinkston. Um, I am Baby Hunters Point uh, leader on the Hill. I want to say to Director Davis, I love you so much. 
um, I had nobody. And we had so many issues going on up on that hill. And I came to see her in 2017. And this woman came and looked for me up on that hill. She went from block to block until she found me. And when she found me, she made me what I'm doing today, who I am today, able to stand up tall. All of y'all, same difference. We might have our differences when we see each other, but at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, it's about unity, peace, love, and healing. Without each other, we can't do nothing. And I've learned that. We must stick together. Everything is in God's timing. Why this did not happen and we didn't get $5 million? Because we ain't ready for it. That's why. God said when he said, we going to have it. That's when we going to have it. But that's when we all come together and we learn to stick together because we're going to need to stick together when we balling. We're going to have to. It ain't going to be no other choice but to be together so that we can make a difference here in San Francisco so that we know what to do when we get that money, where to invest that money, to keep that money, keep rolling and going and flowing. Otherwise, we're going to get out here and excuse me to all my white folks, but we're going to get out here and spend our money with the white people and we ain't going to do what we're supposed to do with our people then we're gonna lose once again so pick y'all heads up smile see y'all the next go around because i know i wasn't here to participate at all and i know i wasn't but i was up on that hill trying to educate them to know so that we all can come down and be able to be here the next go around when we all get our funds i love y'all and let's cat we're gonna get the check <laughs> hello everyone Okay, two minutes. Okay, I'm here. I want you all, like you say, I just want to make everybody smile. I appreciate you guys, and I'm thankful for what you're doing for us. But I'm here to, uh, like she had her poem, I'm here for the um, African-American Arts and Cultural Center. It's right up there on Fulton. So this is a way we can support our people. And everybody know Ute and Rodney. And this is their son, I mean, Ute, what's her? Yeah, Rodney. And everybody knows this is their son, Rodney. It's from um, a season of Black Art. And it's 2024 events. It's for this month, and it's one in um, February. The first one is Saturday, January 13th. It's Celebration uh, Black Dance. The second one is Saturday, February, I don't have my glasses, 10th. And it's Black Art Symposium. Miss Mother, I didn't know that. Okay, but the... African American Art Culture Center invites you to join us for a captivating celebration of Black creativity and culture. Be part of the artistic activation. It's free music, dance, theater, art, and food celebrating Black San Francisco. All events are at the African American um, Art Culture Center at 762 Fulton Street, San Francisco. Learn more, get one ticket at seasonblackart.org. And we have some that we will give to you guys. All right, don't be laughing at me. I love you guys, okay? And thank you guys for your hard work. And next time, Cheryl, you know you got to hit a little number for us. A little note. <laughs> I'd like to welcome the next speaker. Um, this is my first meeting, but I just want to say thank you to all um, of you guys. I hear you guys talking about the HBCU. I have a question about that. Um, 
Being, I value higher education. However, I fear that if uh, HBCU was brought into San Francisco, that black residents, is that for free? Or like, what does that look like? Are, are we going to be in debt? Or like, really, what does that look like for the black residents of San Francisco if a HBCU was to come here? And like I said, again, I value um, the higher education, but like to Ms. Berry's saying, um, I feel like it is imperative that we we often give praise to like HBCU edu education in general is important, but a lot of these HBCUs are named after colonizers. So like if, if an HBCU was to come here, like, and I'm not trying to knock nobody of their degree, I, I give that to y'all. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like the importance back to the lady she left, but like just the education of us, like it's African-American, African, like I'm confused because I'm not African or American. Because Africa is not the real name of Africa, nor is America the real name of America. What is it then? It's a Kibilan, and this is, was the New World, the West Indies. I'm not like so it's like it's it's all about education and we have to educate ourselves because in order to know who you truly are you're not going to get it from no HBCU no college or nothing like that and like that's my my personal opinion but I do feel like if HBCU was to come to San Francisco it should be imperative that black residents of San Francisco get to attend for free I'd like to welcome the next speaker. So I just want to recommend and say that I'm back tomorrow, but in the Board of Supervisors meeting, as we team up as uh, Reverend Dr. Brown on top of the hill and some of us down on Fillmore Street down the hill, with Safeway closing, uh, our supervisor is going to recognize a resolution tomorrow at the Board of Supervisors. And we need everybody at that meeting, just like you right here, 2 o'clock tomorrow, right back in the same building, but in the Board of Supervisors meeting. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to welcome the next speaker. Good evening, family. Uh, first of all, thank you, President Pastor Reverend Amot. We can support him, but I would like to thank the lady she spoke about South African. Thank you for mentioning up. Ethiopia is the only non-colonized country. I'm from Ethiopia. We all should be proud of that. We have that non-touched because we can claim we Ethiopians, we have we have letters, we have alphabets, so no one has to write our letter, no one has to write our history. I'm sorry. So Ethiopian history, it belongs to all black people in the whole world. Ethiopia is the motherland, but I would like to speak about South African. Um, South African. It's really in bad shape. They would protest for non-Africans as a humanitarian. However, they have xenophobia for African people, for Nigerian, Ethiopian, Eritrean, Gambian, Angolan. Those people, they fled 
due to the politics, due to the war, war zone. But I just want to let you, our brothers and sisters, to be a mediator because we have issue in Africa too, to be a mediator because you know how it feels when the colonizer played and um, game on you. We are all African. We shouldn't be like that. But we trained Mandela. Mandela was trained in Ethiopia during Haile Selassie. Yes, uh, we even saved Mandela because they were supposed to kill him as a leader. But what we got paid is African, South African are xenophobia for African brothers, including us, Ethiopia. If my Nigerian person gets killed, that means Ethiopian. If my Kenyan uh, person killed in South Africa in a horrific way, that means because I feel the mother of the whole world in black people. Thank you. Thank and you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to welcome the next speaker. If anybody would like to take your time. <laughs> Hi, my name is Beatrice Stewart, and I just want to thank everybody here for work. I mean, fight for our, you know, our future, uh, our kids. And I just want to say, Michelle, uh, Dr. Davis, um, to open the opportunity for our kids to be in the old opportunity. My son has opportunity as a single mother to be part of this. And thanks to the what he sees, no leaders. He's uh, moved up now to UC Santa Cruz, which I'm really proud. And maybe one day I can see him fighting for our community. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. My name is Claire Rankins. I've probably only been to one or two meetings here with my sister who pushed me out here tonight since she can't make it. And I'm really concerned about everything that has happened in San Francisco since I stepped foot in San Francisco in January, 1962. And I came across the redevelopment agency and everything it did in the Western Edition and in Hunters Point. And what I see has become of it is what I call it the new modernized plantation, and I'm not nobody's slave. Um, I see how they've shut down a lot of things like having people go into Walgreens, steal everything out there, so that would be a reason to close it down, okay? I'm with you on Safeway, I'm with you. There's a lot that's going on that you don't even know about. A lot. Out at the shipyard. There may even be people out there that they're buried underneath all that. But I'm sick of it. And if I ever get my hands on $5 million, I'm telling you right now, I'm opening up a gunshot. And I will train and have them train how to protect yourself because people don't care nothing about you. There's some of your own people that don't care about you. Okay. That's it. Okay. I guess my time is up. Take care of yourself.
I'd like to um, invite anyone who would like to participate in general public comment. Hello, my name is, oh, I'm loud. My name is Tammy Bryant. And um, I was first here to, I wanna thank the reparations committee for all of your hard work. This is the first meeting that I could make, but I have been supporting you um, and your work the whole time. And as everyone has said in this meeting, we know the work is really just getting started. This isn't the end of anything. It's just laying the groundwork for the future. Um, I have lived, I was born in Chicago. Then I lived in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. before I moved to San Francisco in 1971. So I was always in majority black cities. I have witnessed the black community in San Francisco shrink in the last 52 years since I got here. Um, and I know that I've watched the black community uh, shrink in San Francisco um, due to the racist policies of our government. And, ooh, I lost my place. Um, and shrink due to the racist policy in our cities. And we know that San Francisco is diminished due to this. When I was raised in the 1960s by my Jewish mother, she was very active in the civil rights movement. She used to throw fundraisers for the Black Panthers in our basement. And she always taught me that as Jewish people, we have to stand in solidarity with Black people. So I am here today to publicly commit to supporting reparations as an accomplice. I am here to take take the direction from the committee and other Black people, um, other Black community members to make sure that I'm doing my part. Um, I do believe in, in cut the check. Um, that's only one thing we need to do. It's only one of the implementations that we that we need to implement. Um, I also um, and I've lived in the Fillmore for 44 years, so I'm worried about the Safeway. Um, and I just want to attest to the racism that is still in the city departments and how people who try to challenge it and try to make things better for folks, we have to risk losing our jobs to do it. I can promise you the racial equity plan at my agency is just paper. I want to see our government departments and programs dis dismantled and reestablished with a racial equity lens. Um, and lastly, I did meet Dr. Davis when she was the, the aide for our supervisor, Ross Mercurini, so almost 20 years. And I want to I want to commit to being here another 20 years to making San Francisco the wonderful city we know it can be. My name is Barbara Wilson. I live in the Fillmore in the Western Edition. I want to thank Dr. Davis for all of her hard work that she's given to our community, the African American Art and Culture Center. I want to thank the Booker T. Watch Community and Service Center on Presidio between Sutter and Post Street. Please come up and join us to be a part of those wonderful programs that take place there. Dr. Davis, thank you so much, and I love you so much, and I thank you. Our mayor, who was at the uh, event today advertising the Whiz, which would come to San Francisco, uh, is it next month? Mm -hmm. next, next, week. next week. Please participate. Please buy tickets to come. We've also talked about the approval that's going to take place at the African American Art and Culture Center that's going to take place this Saturday. Show up. The, these who can do it, show up. Dr. Davis has spent so much time and effort in making sure these programs happen in this city. The least we can, the least we can do is show up. Please Bring someone with you, bring your family, friends, and love. It's free. Come and participate and let them know that you really appreciate what they're doing. Again, I want to say thank the board and all that you've done to support us and to help this city to be a better place. My words to you this day is to be relationships equal resources. Get a relationship with someone because you can have resources through relationship and not any other way. God bless you all. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
I would invite the next person to comment. Yeah, hi everyone. My name's Deborah Levy, and I, I I just want to thank you all for everything that you've done. I'm the board president at Shar Zahav and a member of the Black Jewish Coalition, and I we have all learned. My community has learned. I have learned, and. I am so I'm encouraged to hear that you have some funding to continue to do some work in the following year, because I would like to say I, I, in the Jewish community, it's growing. People are growing. The knowledge is growing. And I think there's support. There's so many other communities as well. And 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 the just the general San Francisco white community and non-black community needs to be supporting this because it's it's for it's what we owe to the African-American community, but it's also for everybody's benefit. Anyway, thank you all. I've enjoyed talking to some of you along the process, and I hope we continue this connection. We're here for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to welcome the next speaker. I want to um, acknowledge being an elder, Reverend Brown. You and I are the elders in this room. And I've lived long enough now to value. There was a time when I was the youngest one in the room. And now I'm with you among the elders. With spirituality having been um, addressed a couple of times, I want to acknowledge Cheryl Davis. I want to acknowledge you, Cheryl from a spiritual standpoint, because there are those of us who know what Esther was to the community in the Bible. And I have acknowledged you in public places as an Esther type uh, because of the role that you have played with our community. I am so proud of you. You are, first of all, brilliant. You could not have done what you have done without the wisdom that God has given you. And I want to thank you. You are a smart woman. I have gone through some of what you have gone through and I also share with you what happened because part of your family was impacted by the role that you have played. So thank you for that. Thank you, Reverend Brown. You and I had quite a conversation one night, one morning regarding that $5 million. And, and I want to applaud all of you and your dad's proud of you. And so I came tonight because I really did want to be here as you brought closure to where you are. Thank you for what you have done. I promise to be here more and good luck to all of us with what we now try to do. And I have a brother who went to Morehouse. I'd like to welcome any other members of the public who would like to share their comments at this time. 
peace to the San Francisco Reparations Task Force. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone here for your hard work. I um, am somebody who's born and raised here in San Francisco. And uh, upon, you know, growing and learning, found out that, uh, you know, my father who came here in the 50s was a victim of, of redlining after also, and also all while simultaneously being a victim of Jim Crow. Um, this city had the city and with its exodus, uh, mass exodus of folks, particularly from the Western edition, um, our people um, being removed, um, that also paved the way for the dilution of our voting power. And so that is also something that I really want people to understand is that we cannot vote our way out of the situations that we find ourselves in as a people because the government made it so that our people were removed. And so San Francisco has been very effective at creating race neutral policy that has created the same effects as Jim Crow. And there is a real cost to that. There's a real, real cost to that for all of us. And, um, you know, we, uh, member Eknem was right when he said that our generational, our generational wealth specifically will be at zero by 2053 if we do not have policy. Like we cannot save our way out of 2053. We cannot um, get a job that's going to save our way and our children out of the generational poverty. That's different from being in poverty. It's generational poverty that we are fighting against. And, and reparations is an act of legislation that can drastically change, if not completely eliminate that outcome, which is right on the horizon. So again, thank you so much for your hard work. Um, I just came here as these, you know, this committee is sunsetting that, um, you know, we're all in it together. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, all. thank you. I would like to welcome anyone who hasn't already provided general public comment. Okay, well. Seeing here. none, the public comment is closed. Thank you all very much for sharing your reflections. We appreciate you. Uh, next item, please. Item number five is adoption of the December 11, 2023 regular meeting minutes. This is a discussion and possible action item. Um, it's the review and anticipated adoption of video recordings and meeting minutes from the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee's December 11, 2023 meeting. There will be public comment and committee comment on this item. Excellent. Thank you. Let's go to public comment. If there are any members of the public who would like to comment on the December 11, 2023 meeting minutes, you can approach um, and participate in public comment now. Okay, Chair, I do not see anyone. Seeing none, public comment is closed. Member Barry. Full disclosure, I already uh, text um, our white representative from HRC, who's I want to thank you for going through this process with us. You've been a pleasure to work with, as well as the rest of the HRC staff. But for you, I think it was a different challenge. Um, but I already text her and let her know that um, on the last page, to see Ronald Coulter's name not there and to have a name there of the uh, 
of a California Highway Patrol person. I don't know how that inadvertently got entered into our mi minutes, but um, it's the transcription <laughs> that I got. So. I understand, but when you look up that person's name, it's a police officer, but it's supposed to be Ronald Colthurst. And um, I text her the correct spelling and his full name. And other than that, um, I've seen some other flaws in these minutes, and I will not be voting yes on these, but um, thank you for doing minutes. I know it's not easy, whoever is the one that um, has to put this together. And I didn't get to say it earlier as much as I wanted to, but thank you to all the members that I worked with. And community, uh, committee leads, thank you for your inputs on these minutes to keep it on the uh, subject. Thank you. And um, I also want to express how I know what it was like to not have any consultants in this matter of reparations and to have to just pull from our own life experiences to make this happen. And um, that is all. Thank you. Member Irving. Thank you. So my comment was the same. It was on page 19, but just because it's in the record and I know you sent the text, I do want to spell his name correctly out loud so that it is in the record because he deserves that. Um, and so uh, the, when we met in December, December 11th, item eight for the adjournment, um, I asked and, and uh, member Barry asked that we close the memory, close the meeting in memory of Ronald Colthers, last name C-O-L-T-H-I-R-S-T. May he rest um, in peace. Thank you. I think that requires a motion to amend the minutes to correctly spell. Oh, we're going to approve the overall minutes with the with the amendment. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes. So a motion to approve minutes with the correction. That means one of you needs to move them. Thank yes, That's I move. One. Thank you. And second. Awesome. Uh, all in favor? Excellent. Thank you very much. Next item, please. Um, item number six is adjournment. Excellent. All right, members. Uh, again, we've come a long way. Appreciate, again, each one of you and your commitment to um, this work um, before the, your committee work and during your committee work and what I'm confident will be after your committee work. Uh, and so with that, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Is there a second? All right. With acclamation, we are adjourned. Thank you all very much. Thank you to members of community. Appreciate you being with us this evening.